This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle. This episode of Real Estate is Your Business is powered by Sennheiser, the future of audio. My name is Ryan Darby. I'm head of business development at Lowtech. And what I love about real estate is being able to impact energy and water efficiency in buildings, as well as the occupant's interaction with HVAC and plumbing systems. I, I grew up in the business. Uh, my background has been HVAC and uh, plumbing system design. So uh, going into boiler rooms as, as a young kid, I was used to checking out all different types of components and equipment. And uh, that's how I fell in love with real estate. The Internet of Things and connected devices allow us to measure all sorts of data. And when it comes to real estate, we can measure consumables such as water and power. Coming up, you'll hear from a water sensor company that's using accelerometers to enable building owners and landlords to make informed decisions and save costs. Plus, you'll hear what the vibrations of the flush of a toilet have to do with saving the planet. From New York City, you're listening to Real Estate Is Your Business, powered by Preview, a smart online real estate brokerage providing expert advice without the high fees. With Thomas Kutzman and Scott Pollock. Ryan, thanks for joining us today, despite the uh, the fourth nor'easter uh, of uh, New York's uh, winter, even though it's technically spring. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. It's uh, good to be here. And uh, yeah, it's funny because when we first met a few weeks back uh, at a real estate blockchain event, it was also uh, the day of a, of a nor'easter, so it's uh, you know good to have you here. And uh, also, you know, joining us uh, on the mic today is uh, our producer Mark Rako who's filling in for Scott today, who couldn't make it uh, due to the Nor'easters. So, uh, Mark, welcome. Uh, thank you. Uh, welcome to the show I produce. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm happy to be here on mic with you. I love the show, and it'll be fun to be a part of the conversation. Great. So, uh, yeah, let's let's get started. And what you do at Lotic is focused on water sensors. Why is this important? Sure. The water problem is, I think, threefold. There, there's... Uh, a cost element to it, uh, one being from an operation standpoint. So the cost of water has gone up dramatically in the past 15 years or so. Uh, in New York City, the rate increase has been over 300%. Uh, that's not unique to New York. It's happening in all other parts of the country. Uh, in some areas, you're actually paying more for water than you are for your electricity bill. So from a real estate uh, operational standpoint, it's a cost that needs to be controlled. So in order to get control of a, a utility like water, you need to have information and especially more granular information when it comes to water. Uh, in major metropolitan areas like New York City, there's a single meter on the main. And that meter is from the utility. You get billed every three months or so. Uh, and that's really all that you know about your water usage. So you could see a spike. It's not in real time. And then unless water's coming through the ceiling, you don't know where that is is occurring. So if you're in a 100-unit multifamily building, do you know where where that's occurring? Is it is it a leaky toilet? Is it uh, a maintenance facility member that is leaving a fixture on for too long? So with these sensors located at point of use, uh, so toilets, sinks, shower heads, for example, 
we can get much more granular data in real time to help drive that decision for building owners. And how does how does that sensor work? Is is it installed in the pipe at at some sort of junction? Like how how do you go about collecting that that data? Sure, uh, the sensor is designed to clamp onto pipe uh, from the onset of 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 low tick. The idea was to create this transparency with simple uh, to install, uh, no plumber required, no tools required. Just quickly walk up to the fixture and, and clamp this thing on, and it's ready to go. Uh, so there's a quick calibration process at setup. Uh, you'll scan a barcode, uh, enter some metadata on where the, the sensor is, is going. So uh, unit 1A on the toilet, uh, quarter-inch pipe, uh, and you're clamping that on. You do a quick flush or turn on the fixture to let the sensor know that, hey, I'm being installed, and then you're ready to go from there. So it would be a quick install for a building manager that's well-trained. They could quickly install multiple units in a day. Right, exactly. We We want the sensor to be installed by whoever picks up our, our manual and logs into the installation app. It's, it's that simple. And just, just going back a second, you were talking about the dramatic increase in the cost of water. What's, what's driving that? Is it a population thing? What's, what's driving that relative to electricity? Sure, sure. It's certainly a population thing. Uh, the New York City Water Board uh, uses most of their funds to uh, maintain and upgrade the the distribution systems. So we have uh, two main uh, water tunnels here in New York with a third that's been in construction for a couple decades now. Uh, and that's similar ac- across across the country where this infrastructure is, is critical to us having clean and, and, and safe water to drink. So those, those rate increases, it's, it's twofold for the population increase that's happening in metropolitan areas and then also just for the upkeep of, of uh, those systems. Is this this is largely commercial, or do you see this as having residential applications too, like apartment buildings? Sure, we we focus on multifamily, so apartment buildings, oh, okay, and uh, commercial buildings. Uh, we've been asked about uh, the home application. That space is a little more crowded, so it's a bit of a strategic uh, position that we're taking to focus strictly on multifamily and commercial. Uh, rather than the single family home is the the potential water savings because part of this is the overall use of water for uh for a community as well as uh the expense to the building owner or operator yes mm-hmm. okay correct so from a residential multifamily residential building uh doing that is 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 of considerable expense and effort if you have a building with a large number of tenants, which means that in order to do that, obviously the landlord is going to bear the the brunt of that expense. Usually when they do things like that, they are uh, able to do a rent increase uh, or file for a rent increase, an MCI in New York area. Mm -hmm. Um, But the tenant is not going to feel a positive impact from something like that in a measurable way. It's really only the landlord that is going to be feeling the the direct perceivable uh, impact of that, um, even though we know that it is generally impacting the community's water supply and so forth. Yeah, but you, you could argue too, though, that... I'm not poking holes in it. I'm, I'm, yeah, no, no. I, 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 I was trying to understand. Sorry, Tom. I no, just... no the, the, what I was thinking about was, but it could not, like a damage potential... 
like the inconvenience of of disruption from water, broken pipes, things can be fixed sooner, quicker. Sure. Um, so from a tenant point of view, you could see increased benefits, increased disrupt, like less disruption um, from sen- from sensors like this being placed. So like there is the the clear cost benefit for co- the commercial or the owner side, but from the tenant side, there's a huge convenience factor of knowing that there's monitoring going on. Gotcha. I, the reason I was asking is is potential friction that needs to be overcome from te- from landlords that either don't have the resources financially or the the manpower to make this happen easily and they may resist it because even though they have savings in the long run the implication the application of it is a challenge for them initially uh and so but if they're able to do a rent increase they can see the long-term benefit of that uh twofold that's why i was asking that question. yeah yeah sure you want to speak to that yeah no certainly uh multifamily buildings in particular tenants don't pay their their water bill right a lot of tenants think water is free and you can leave a fixture running and no one's going to say anything because the building owner just simply doesn't know where that water is going but they're dealing with the the brunt of 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 that cost so there is a major economic incentive for building owners and because of these rate increases that they they want to know where the high usage points are so they can go in and fix that so it saves their utility costs. Utilities can be upwards of 25% uh, for a building owner, so it's a controllable line item on their on their expenses. And from another cost perspective aside from the operating side as as Thomas mentioned is the uh, property damage so that benefits both the building owner and the tenant tenant doesn't want their property to be destroyed and the building owner doesn't want to pay uh, an increased premium and the insurance company is going to pay that claim now but if you have these sensors in place and your insurance company is aware like so if you own a car and you have a security system, your premium is going to be different than if you didn't have a security system. Although I don't know if they make cars without security systems anymore. Um, <laughs> but would, couldn't you say, like, couldn't you save on your premium by having this in place? Exactly. So that's that's what we're trying to do. We we are uh, looking to partner with insurance uh, providers that uh, will allow a premium reduction for building owners that install these sensors as a as a as a risk mitigation. So if we can detect small leaks before they turn into catastrophic leaks and save tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars, uh, then it's win-win for everybody. So it's, it's almost like preventative healthcare, right? Like if you go for your regular right. checkup, your company's going to pay less in healthcare premiums. So it's like treating like a home, like a, like a person's with preventative right. care. Now, how do you see the difference in the way that this is looked at, not just by landlords, but even by uh, municipalities? Um in places like New York where water seems like it's plentiful versus a place like San Francisco where there's constant droughts and, and water conservation efforts. Sure. Uh, so uh, do you see the potential or are you, are you encountering the opportunity for municipalities to actually uh, maybe not require this? Well, they could put this into code. Uh, because of the, the water shortages in those particular areas, uh, they can uh, um, give tax incentives to people for putting this in because it manages the overall water uh, usage in that community. Sure. Sure, yeah. Municipalities and utilities are are certainly interested in, in anything that can reduce uh, 
the water demand, so it puts less stress on these distribution systems. Uh, that said, there's nothing to date for our technology with uh, a utility or a municipality that is offering some sort of incentive like that, that we believe that'll, that will come in the near future. We've seen that happen with low flow fixtures. Uh, so there are certain guidelines for gallons per flush on a toilet or uh, a, a sink. It's two, two gallons per minute. Um, and those have uh, helped drastically reduce uh, the water usage over over the past few years. Is this something that can be included in the manufacturing of toilets, for example, uh, you, where you could basically license this to a manufacturer so they're they're selling toilets that already have this feature? I love that you asked that. That's that's exactly what we're just, trying just to do. It, just <laughs> tipping it up to the net there for you, Ryan. That's 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 uh, our our long term vision is to turn plumbing fixtures into internet connected devices. Uh, plumbing. Oh my, God, my mind was just blown. Yeah, plumbing has no no disrespect to a lot of manufacturers that I've I've worked with uh, that certainly innovate and they put out great products. Uh, in large part, the plumbing system hasn't changed too much. Uh, so bringing these these fixtures to life via the internet is a fascinating idea. So Internet of Things connecting everything, you can also connect your toilet and your sink. Now we, we talked a bunch about costs and, you know, obviously it's going to save the landlord costs. It will save, you know, the convenience factor for the tenant. You could save an insurance premiums. But what is that payback period like so, I had a hundred, you know, unit building. I'm installing all these sensors. How long would I before I saw that savings, you know, flip over? Sure. Uh, the calculations that we've done and some of the buildings that we've piloted so far, we can see anywhere between a year and two years. It really depends on the building's cost of water. So, quote unquote, more leaky buildings will see a faster payback than a building that uh, maybe has only just one or two leaks. I'm feeling like we need to dissect a little bit more of exactly what the what the product is physically doing. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. let's uh, Can, let's well, look at that. Well, why don't you set that up? Maybe. Yeah, sure. Um, so leaky buildings, you know, there's some sort of payback period. You know, there's a fix. There's an efficiency. But how do the sensors work? You know, not to you know delve into you know proprietary secrets or anything, but how how does your sensor capture that information? Sure. So there's there's two pieces of hard two two hardware components to our system. It's the sensor that gets gets clamped onto the pipe, and then there's a gateway or a hub that gets centrally located in a building. Usually a hallway mounted up high. Uh, you can put an enclosure around it. Maybe a utility closet. The sensor sends data to that gateway and then from the gateway to the cloud. And from the cloud, the data is stored. We do some machine learning algorithms there. And you can see that data in real time on a web app. So log into any any browser and you can see that data. Uh, We also can provide an API where building owners, if they have their own platforms, uh, other utility management tools, they can just pull our data and make their own widgets or, or visualizations, which we're perfectly fine with doing. This is this is really incredible, but I'm wondering if you're going to encounter 
tenants not loving the fact that their water usage is is creating data and now you you know well these are the times i'm using more water than others and these are the patterns and and it's just more information that you i realize particularly the millennial generation is pretty comfortable with their data being captured more and more comfortable but how do you overcome the let's call it the creep factor of of I get it from the landlord's perspective, from the tenant's perspective, that there's data capture on how many times I'm flushing my toilet every sure. day and all that sort of stuff. That, that Honestly, to me, that would weird me out if I was aware that, that was my landlord was keeping track of that or could look at that. Sure. So how do you overcome that? Yeah, yeah, certainly. That's a good question. I, I think everybody in IoT in, in buildings is grappling with that same question, and we're all still feeling that out quite a bit. Uh, part of it is that tenant outreach and and our, our message as Lotic that it's not just about us watching you. This is about preventing that damage, uh, conserving water, and making people realize that this someone's actually paying for this, and this is a resource, although very abundant on on our planet here. It's it's still a finite resource, and we need to be careful with it. So it's partially conveying that message of social responsibility. Um, that said, yes, there still is the privacy concern. You can see uh, how many times someone's going to the bathroom and, and so forth. So we've looked at ways to aggregate data, data and make that maybe not as, as totally granular, uh, but um, that's, that's how, we've, how we've dealt with and it thus far. How do you factor in people, you know, sabotaging it? You know, I've, I've had tenants before that remove smoke alarms just be, you know, maybe they're smoking in the house and they're not supposed to, or maybe they just don't want to change the battery or don't want the cost of replacing the battery. Have you had any experience or has anybody pushed back about tenants trying to remove it? Sure. I mean, like someone has a catering business illegally out of their apartment, so they use a lot of water they don't want. Possibly. possibly. (laughs) Not that I know anything about that. But but it's it's a concern because like landlords, obviously everything could be sabotaged, but you know, and fire alarms are more of a safety concern. This is more of a conservation concern or cost concern. But have have people tried to remove them or sabotage them? Definitely, definitely. Yeah, that's that's uh, one of the first questions we get asked by any potential customer, especially folks that are in the affordable housing space. Um, we've built the sensor to be as tamper-proof as possible. Yes, someone can take a hammer to it and, and break it if they want. They can do that to all the other things in their apartment too. Uh, you can't just walk up to the sensor and pull it off the pipe. There's a certain know-how. There's a release button uh, that allows that sensor to come off the pipe. We've actually had trouble ourselves even getting getting it off the pipe. Uh, so <laughs> it's it definitely is a is a big concern of ours in the design of of the sensor. And uh, this is. An obvious question to me, but probably a dumb question. There's no chance of electrical current coming in contact with water through the way that this is done, right? That's 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 impossible. Uh, Is it impossible having water hit the sensor? It's it's certainly possible that that some water can get on the sensor being in in these environments. But there's no 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 possibility of electrical current. Oh, okay. In connection with the water someone's using, because oh, um, it's ex- it's external to the pipe. You said it's external to the pipe. It's battery operated. 
So is there's it, is no... it reading like vibration in a pipe? Correct. Vibration and temperature of the pipe. How how do you avoid false readings because of other things causing vibration? Uh, I, I mean, I'm I'm fully anticipating this is a consideration you've taken, but I, I, yeah, fill us in. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Accelerometers, which which measure vibration, are very sensitive sensors. So you can pick up any other noise in in a in a bathroom in, environment. Uh, we filter that out. So we have learned what a signature of a flush looks like or a shower turning on. So that's part of our machine learning and our data collection process that our team uh, undergoes to be able to understand, it, is this really a flush? Is this really a fixture turning on? Or is it somebody just making noise or accidentally hit something by accident? I love that you know what the signature of a flush is. It's, it's audio signature of a flush. <laughs> we, we, often, we often joke that we spend way too much time staring at uh, toilet bowls and, and hanging out in the bathroom. We're, we're at a Samsung Next office. Uh, there's a couple of uh, other companies in that accelerator space. So the joke is always that, you know, uh, Lotic is watching, watching us go to the bathroom. Is there, is there a mic, microphone in the sensor? So we always try to ensure that. No, we're not, we're not doing any of that. Got to be a slogan in there somewhere, Ryan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and in, in this true spirit of non sequiturs. Um... <laughs> I hope it's a non sequitur. As is customary on the show is we do snack time and it's, you know, our chance to break bread and, you know, get to know you a little bit better. Um, what, uh, what did you bring us to share today? I have uh, prosciutto and arugula sandwiches from Italy. I'm not Italian by any stretch of the means, but I, I love hanging out with Italians and enjoying their food with them. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't met many Ryans, uh, Ryans that were Italian. Ryan, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Irish and, and uh, in English. You know, I'll tell you I what, should have brought some corned beef and cabbage. I, I feel I feel this is uh, amongst the uh, the winners on this show for snack time. This is yeah, you've pretty, you've witnessed all of the. This is uh, pretty hot, man. All is snacks. it all right? Yeah, what, nice. what else have Thank you gotten? You. Oh, uh, we did have someone come in. Um, yeah, one guest brought uh, Ample Hills ice cream, which yeah. was delivered real time. Uh, that was that was pretty neat. Um, someone brought uh, donuts from Donut Planet. That was another uh, one of the top ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't we don't discriminate. We love we love all all of our guests' awesome. snacks. But yes. uh, sounds good. Beautiful. But you're you're uh, you're on the leaderboard. I appreciate it. <laughs> That's all that matters. So uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll take a taste of these sandwiches, and uh, and when we come back, we'll go a little bit deeper into you know how you see the future of IoT, you know, plumbing devices, as well as your general views on IoT. Great. We'll be right back. Are you looking to buy a home in New York City? Get more with Preview's industry-leading smart buyer rebate. Seamlessly search listings on Preview's end-to-end buyer platform, purchase your home with the expert advice of a local agent, plus receive up to 2% cash back thanks to Preview's smart buyer commission rebate. Smart buyers get more with Preview. Go to previewapp.com backslash buyer. That's previewapp.com backslash buyer. Hey everybody, it's Tom. 
We enjoy bringing the show to you week after week, but we need your help. One of the best ways for listeners to discover the show are from your reviews. So let's make that happen. Go to iTunes, search Real Estate Is Your Business, and leave us a review. And while you're at it, why not a five-star rating? We really appreciate it. So Ryan, thank, thanks for sharing the sandwich with us today. Uh, yeah, I had Italian uh, for dinner last night, but uh, to have a nice, uh, nice sandwich like that again. Yeah, it's uh, a chaser. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a chaser. Yeah, <laughs> Italy is always a, a treat. That's fantastic. I'm, I'm still enjoying it. I'm, I'm, I'm just feeling delighted, Ryan. So thank you, sir. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. So just getting back into things, you, uh, you mentioned earlier how you'd like this plumbing and plumbing fixtures. To almost become connected and sexy again, you know, for lack of a better phrase. How do you envision where that IoT of home plumbing goes? I see platforms on both sides of the building owner and and the tenant. Uh, the building building owner, for reasons we've already discussed, relative to the cost, insurance, and and so forth. On the the tenant side, being able to interact with your landlord letting them know that hey I'll, I'll confirm that there actually maybe is something wrong with the toilet so you can by a click of a button report an issue rather than having to walk downstairs or, or do it the, the the old-fashioned way so uh, platforms is, is, a, is a broad term but we are very interested in any company out there that is providing the visual interface for both tenants and building owners. So we just want to plug into that that system, and there's going to be plenty of other things in that platform uh, for the tenant and for the landlord or, or building owner to uh, interact with. We, we realize that water is just one part of the puzzle. There's many other things that both parties care about. Is there the opportunity to be able to sense leaks because of um, there's movement in the pipe, but the but the toilet hasn't been activated? And so clearly the only reason that might be happening is because there's a leak causing water to move. Sure. Um, so one sensor can connect, can uh, communicate with another sensor or, or both sensors are reading and there's a relationship between them that's being uh, uh, um, observed. Sure. Uh, have you thought about that and, and, and how that may be able to give early warnings of leaks? Exactly. That's, that's what we want to catch. We, we want to catch the low flow movement through that pipe. And that's what the accelerometer can pick up is, are those very sensitive, uh, small flow events. So it's not just a toilet being flushed. It's, it's, it's a slow leak that's occurring over a period of time. Leak detection, uh, can mean a couple of different things. It can mean water on the floor. So there are some sensors out there that are just, it's a binary on off. If, if water hits the sensor, it's going to trip an alarm uh, that, that something spilled on it. That could be maybe someone just knocking over, uh, you know, their, their cup of coffee. Uh, our sensor is getting data constantly. So it's a, it's a different, different solution than just like the water on the floor sensor. Right. And when you when you look back at 
or when you look across the industry, it seems like different people are focused on different things. Like your team's very focused on water. You know, companies like Nest were very focused on thermostats and got into cameras and more home security monitoring, baby monitors, et cetera. Um, or like you look at companies like Ring, which was just acquired by Amazon. Um, they're focused on you know, more connected doorbells. So when you think of things in the home or things in a, a multifamily, it seems like everybody looks at one solution. Why aren't there? Why don't you think there's more companies that are looking across verticals as opposed to just looking at each each part of the the solution? Sure, we see companies on the hardware side focused on usually a, a single uh, piece of hardware. So that's the the, the thermostat or a door lock uh, or a low tick sensor. Uh, then there are companies that have this platform where you're integrating all of these things together. So the communication protocol is something that we haven't talked about yet, but the communication protocol is extremely important for everything to talk to one another to go back to this to this platform. Uh, we're on a protocol called LoRa. It's a long range uh, wide area network. It's uh, low power, low bandwidth, so we can spend, send very small bits of data, uh, very small packets, uh, and consume little to no power. So the battery life lasts a couple of years. Uh, we found that it's a great protocol for uh, for buildings, and we like to look for other uh, sensors and also platforms that can talk LoRa. Right. But there's Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, Zigbee, a whole bunch of other protocols. They all have their advantages, disadvantages uh, in, in a building. And uh, you're focused on water day-to-day, -day, but of the other things, obviously, I'm sure you do competitive research, you look across the industry. W what are some of the other exciting things you're seeing across the industry um, that you think are, are going to be widely adopted? I guess, is are you talking about hardware, like IoT sensors that are... Yeah, just yeah, sensors in general or, or specific technologies you've come across at trade shows, you know, other other efficiency folks. Um, you know, what else out there other than your own space, um, you know, excites you as as an opportunity? Sure. Um, hmm. Yeah, I I th I think IoT in multifamily, there's maybe five or six devices right now that are that are out there that's the thermostat the door lock uh you can go into blinds or lighting uh and then leak detection so i'd say between those five or six things that's that's been the focus thus far in the space um yeah don't have too much to add there. Sorry. How how did the actual idea develop? I, I understood from your introduction earlier that you know you you have a background in the space and plumbing and and so forth. But how did the actual idea for this start? What was the genesis of hey, you know what we should do is this? Yeah, the two co-founders of Shane Eaton and Eli Greenberg. Uh, synced up and had this idea of uh, water transparency, uh, something that was e easy easy to install. Uh, and they came to Samsung and pitched that idea, and Samsung brought them in under the accelerator program. Uh, Eli ha is our CTO. He has a background in uh, wastewater treatment plants. He came from Hazen and Sawyer. He's a professional engineer. 
and Shane Eaton, uh, Babson uh, MBA grad, and started a company called Divert that does uh, food waste processing. Um, and he exited that that uh, uh, company and and founded uh, Lotic as his, as as a second company. How how does a company like like yours? Uh manage user acquisition how much are you depending on word of mouth how much are you directly like tapping people marketing them almost one-on-one how much are uh, are you doing through like associations um just through general you know brand marketing um how are you getting the word out yeah yeah sure it's it's a little bit of everything uh going to conferences trade shows uh networking going to events here uh, we work with a couple of uh, great groups, Samsung being one, uh, uh, Totem Brooklyn, I mentioned earlier, uh, that can can provide some introductions and then also just our, our personal networks. So uh, going directly to the building owners, driving demand there. Uh, we we want to sell a sensor not directly to the building owner, but to third-party companies and installers, uh, other partners that can provide value uh, in that in that chain. And where is your strongest uh geographical areas that you're in at the moment yeah new york city is is our strongest it's our backyard here uh we're extending up up to boston uh and actually in a few weeks we have our first pilot up there uh we have some opportunities down in philadelphia and in washington dc so mostly along the eastern seaboard we've also been talking with some folks out out west but really haven't uh spread our wings out out that way it definitely does sound to me, uh, you know, touching on an earlier part of our conversation, it seems just so obvious to me the areas where there are water shortages consistently, like the Bay Area, uh, just it just this is no brainer. People will just jump at this opportunity. Right. Yeah. The Bay Area and, and Seattle uh, both have have um, high water costs. Uh, we we want to move considering that way. it rains all the time in Seattle. That's kind of funny. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we we also look at where these LoRa networks are. Uh, LoRa is the communication protocol. Is, it's a public network. Uh, there are companies that are rolling out citywide networks, uh, which means there's a base station or like, like almost like a cell tower that's on top of these buildings. And because the communication is, is long range, I can sit here and connect a sensor to uh, a gateway or a tower that is maybe... You know, maybe even a mile away. Uh, so line of sight out, out outdoors, the range is, is is over a couple of miles. When you get into a dense building, you need to have these gateways uh, that I, that we mentioned earlier uh, to help that communication signal uh, gets get some get some boost. It, like in a place like New York, it must get more and more difficult just with the buildings and other interference. Yeah, yep, it's concrete, steel. There's there's plenty of interference. So we we still need to have some gateways located in the building. But as these, I think this is what I'm most excited about in, in the IoT in general is seeing these networks grow to uh, a reach where you can connect a sensor from, from anywhere where you are uh, because, because this coverage is, is so vast. It's like how LTE is with your phone, right? And Verizon, AT&T, they have this this wide coverage that 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 protocol has been around for a long time 3g 4g that keeps keeps improving now we're seeing uh 
all different types of protocols for IoT. That's LoRa, which we're on. Sigfox is another uh, narrowband IoT. And all these uh, companies, AT and T, Verizon, uh, Nokia, uh, they are all picking and choosing which protocols that they're building out these these networks on. Um, so that is a big consideration for sensor startups uh, and R and D uh, in some larger companies that are developing these uh, endpoint devices. It's what what protocol do we want to be on? They're, they all have their advantages and disadvantages. We we were we looked at Bluetooth Low Energy, which is slightly different than some of these other protocols. Uh, but um, seeing how those networks develop and the partnerships that are being created, uh, I'm excited to see see that develop. And I think that's what's really going to scale IoT. Uh, Ryan, uh, not every landlord, not every super. Uh, <laughs> has any technical sophistication to them. Uh, they might look at anything, hear the words Internet of Things or IoT or or connected device or anything like that, and, and you know, their mind is blown. Um, how do you, how sophisticated do they need to be to be able to operate this? They need to operate a cell phone. <laughs> so hopefully they can do that. But no, that's a, it's a really good good question. And something that uh, is probably our, our, our biggest challenge. Uh, it is a clamp-on sensor. Anybody can do it. You don't need a license. Uh, the sensor is designed to be installed by anybody. It, it, we, we want it to be... So this is not you guys coming in and providing a service and installing it. It's really, here's the hardware, here's the, uh, the app, and, and, and are they just buying... The, the sensors and that's it? Or is there a service fee that's ongoing? Right. There, there is a service fee. So we sell the hardware as there's an upfront cost for, for the hardware. There's an, there's an ongoing service okay. fee on the back end. Part of that is the network costs. Uh, part of that is our ongoing uh, uptime uh, data storage and, okay. pro and product uh, upgrades. Uh, we want to work with installers that are familiar with IoT, uh, folks that are familiar with networking and installing other devices, uh, thermostats, the door locks, and and so forth. Uh, but also, we want we want the maintenance staff to be aware of how it operates because the battery eventually is going to die and needs to be replaced. And some partners can offer that as a service and uh, put that in a service contract for the building owner. Uh, in some cases, the maintenance staff can can simply maybe just handle that themselves. Uh, so knowing how to take the sensor on and off, replacing the battery, putting it back on, uh, that's that's ongoing training that, that we have to do. How long does the sensor last? The sensor lasts about two years. Depends on usage. So if you have a fixture that is being used constantly every minute of the day, that battery is going to die much uh, faster than a sensor that the fixture is only being used once a day. So basically if someone decides to integrate this into their building every two years, they have to replace all, all the sensors? Not replace the sensors. Uh, the battery is replaceable. I'm sorry, just the battery. Correct. Okay, sorry. Correct. Uh -huh. Yes. Interesting. Um, if I can ask you, you guys a question. No, it's a one way. <laughs> of course. 
what devices, if any, are connected in your homes? Even if, if it's a single family, uh, standalone home or, or an apartment? For me, I have Alexa. Okay. Uh, that's it. I have Google Home and that's it. I'm, and yeah. I, don't, I don't use it for the house. I mean, I, or for the apartment. I don't do like turn the lights on or any of that stuff. So it's really not connected. I mean, it's technically connected to the internet, but pretty much all we do is ask it the weather and like who was in this movie. So yeah, if I look across my apartment now, yeah, I uh, Google Home is the closest thing to a connected device. Okay, I guess you have smart televisions, but like that's everybody's a smart television now. But we don't even have cable, so we're probably not like like we're you know I I haven't found the need. And I'm not poo-pooing it. I totally get it. But I, I, I haven't found the need in my home to be connected. And part of it is, is I'm barely home. Sure. So, which is probably that's actually another key point. Like people are at work all day, and stuff breaks or goes wrong when people aren't home. Which is probably where your sensors come in on the on the you know problem or damage avoidance or or sleeping. Or yeah, we're sleeping. Yeah, Mark, I, I'd argue. I think being away from home a lot is is more of a reason to be connected and to make sure that your your home is is safe and operating the way it should be, and there's no catastrophic issue going yeah. going on. Um, so there there are a lot of companies that are that are focused on uh, the security side, and and they've moved towards IoT. This this is more on on the single family home, uh, not the multifamily apartment unit unit type of type of building. Uh, and those those companies are are looking at multifamily as as an opportunity to to move into. Um, but they provide a a, a suite of services uh, from from energy management to uh, security. What if any type of supportive interaction? do you either have or do you either provide or do you envision in the future in ways that you can support uh, building owners and landlords in the way that they communicate and uh, and, and coordinate with uh, tenants um, to make sure that, uh, you know, they can that the tenants are on board with this. Yeah. Uh, because I think it does require a certain amount of cooperation to get the maximum value out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they need to access the apartment in order to change the battery. They need to um, um, have access to install stuff on a timely basis. And it doesn't become a nightmare for them to integrate this into the building and so forth. So what are you doing to uh, support that? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's always tricky to gain access in an existing building uh, to gain access to a tenant tenant space. Uh, on turnover, it could be a a good way to get in there when the tenant is is not there. So if you're built, bringing a building online over time, uh, we've done buildings where management teams are are have a really great relationship with the tenants, and the tenants are completely uh, trusting of the the their landlord to allow them to go in during the day maybe when they're not at work to to quickly quickly install the sensor and it does really only take a couple of minutes per sensor so uh, you're in and out uh, very very quickly uh, there are some tenants that will 
uh, definitely have some more more questions, and uh, you might miss miss you know one or two uh, where sensors might need to be left on site for the maintenance staff to to put in, or uh, that install partner to to come back and and put it in. That actually does bring up one last question, actually. So this is there's no microphone in this. There's 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 not even really a vibration. Well, the accelerometer is essentially a vibration sensor. Correct. So could that not be in some way used as a listening device, adapted in that way? How do you deal with the fact that people might feel like they're being listened to? Yeah, there's no audio. There's no audio for for an accelerometer. Uh, right, okay. You can call it, and we have called it, it's like a Fitbit for a pipe. It's almost like an activity tracker for the plumbing system and the plumbing pipe to to see the health of of that system. Uh, the noise gets cut out, so that data doesn't show. If if you're in there and you you hit it by accident, we we may see that information, but that's not going to show on on a, on a dashboard. Uh, that the water events though do, and that goes back to your 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 privacy question and and, and how to deal with um, that that water data. Yeah, because I was thinking also like even the use of the water. I mean, I find this fascinating, and in, in other other legal cases with the use of data, Fitbit being one of them, um, or even you, know, you could find out whether the toilet was flushed. So was anyone in your space during certain days in a legal uh, a legal case? Uh, but wondering... then, what if you had a pet that triggered that? It doesn't yeah. necessarily same thing with Google Home. Like, what if you know, God forbid, something a criminal act happened in a home? Does a Google Home pick it up? Like, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, uh, how how are you thinking about in terms of data protection? For for the for the tenant or for, um. I guess it would be both, but I, I I would think largely for the tenant. It would probably it would probably be both. So good. so pri- so privacy again. It's uh, no pr- thinking is, protect, is, protection versus privacy. privacy. This is um the the collection of data in any way, of course, um can potentially be used in in criminal cases and civil cases, um and I would think that the use of water demonstrates a presence by someone in that domicile right. or in that space. Right. And that can be data that ultimately hypothetically could be used uh, to substantiate, you know, whereabouts. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how have you looked at uh, privacy protection or um, your preparation for data like that to potentially be used in those cases, if at all? Yeah, that's, that's uh, all part of that, that privacy question is, is how, how much data can be used. We, I don't think we're nearly at the deployment capacity to, to really think about that necessarily. Um, but that, that question can certainly, certainly arise for us. Uh, we haven't had any instances or complaints relative to that. Um, but that's, it's a good question. Totally, totally valid, valid concern. With utilities, there's some metering that happens with water with elect electricity. Yeah. Um, what happens there? That that there's there's plenty of buildings outside of these huge buildings in New York City or Chicago or Boston Absolutely. 
of garden style town townhomes that sub metering is is normal so what happens to that to that data who who owns that data is there is there a problem with that data that's a good point so with utility billing i think it's less of an issue but to your point how we're positioning ourselves as this iot connected device then that raises i think some red flags compared to maybe what are some metering, which we've looked at. We've looked at that space. We're not doing billing applications quite yet, but we potentially want to go there. So rather than getting billed uh, with a, a meter, uh, either at a, at a branch line or uh, being built into your, to your rent, it's per fixture. So every time you flush or every time you turn on a faucet, you're being charged. Like what, what, other, what other thing that do you know about that you share, share costs with? Right in, in these buildings, you're sharing the cost of water with with all your, with all of your your neighbors in your building. What if you had like ten unit building? Nine people are working professionals; they're never there, and there's one person that's there all the time. Leaves every faucet on, everything's running, and they use actually ninety percent of the water. Right? Should they should they have to man like ha- handle yeah. that? Or there's um there's this. Sub metering is is tricky. That's it's there's a lot of different state and city regulations for it. There's uh, what's called uh, RUBS, which is uh, ratio utility billing systems, and that is you get billed based upon either occupancy, how many people are there, or if there's a certain number of square footage in in your apartment. So the bigger your apartment is, the more people you have there's a ratio to that that you get charged mm-hmm. for. And that's illegal in some areas. It's perfectly legal in, in others. And some municipalities, like certain sections out east, like if you get a rental permit, there's maximum number of people that can live in it because there's a certain usage for the number of bedrooms per, per taxes, what services is the municipality providing for the number of people. So you actually get maximum people counts on what you can rent out. Yeah. So this has been interesting stuff. Uh, I mean, I'm going to need to go back to law school to uh, to figure out some of the points that uh, that Mark raised. But this has been you know great conversation I'm on IoT. Troublemaker, my tinfoil hat. The uh, this has been great stuff though on IoT, you know, building efficiency, water efficiency. So you know, thanks for uh, raising a lot of these points uh, with the uh, with our listeners. Um, and next, we're going to get a little bit more personal and learn more about you, Ryan. I'm ready. Fire away. We'll be right back. The superior audio quality on Mouth Media Network is powered by Sennheiser. And as a listener, you can receive a 25% discount on virtually any headphone, microphone, and other high-quality audio product available to purchase directly on the Sennheiser website. Just visit Sennheiser.com and enter the code MOUTHMEDIASEN, that's MOUTHMEDIA, S-E-N-N, at checkout. Keep up with the show on Instagram and Facebook at Real Estate Biz Show and with hashtag MouthMedia. Plus, check out all of the MouthMedia Network shows at MouthMediaNetwork.com and wherever the best podcasts are found. Early in the episode, you'd mentioned you came from an HVAC background and now you're in water. How did you get into... You know, the HVAC space. Yeah, uh, 
my family uh, has a business uh, here in the greater New York area, uh, started by my grandfather 40 years ago. Uh, they're a manufacturer's rep for HVAC and plumbing products. So that's uh, boilers, pumps, water heaters, uh, all kinds of uh, air conditioning equipment and everything in between. Uh, so I grew up around it and uh, it's in my blood. So I guess I couldn't couldn't get away from it. And I, after uh, graduating, I, I went into, uh, into the business. And so what made you move away from the family business to go to low tech? Yeah, so I was there for about seven years. Uh, part part of my role uh, at at the company is it's called Wales Darby. Uh, so at Wales Darby, my role was to look for uh, other manufacturers to partner that we haven't partnered with already. And I was on uh, AngelList, uh, looking around at some cool new startups in in the space. And uh, Shane, uh, CEO and founder at co-founder at Lotic uh, pinged me on there. And I went in as uh, maybe this is a, an opportunity for us to be a, a sales agent, a partner for, for Lotic. And Shane uh, had other plans. So I, I, I saw it as a really interesting, uh, unique technology and wanted to uh, join the team. Ryan, what is the most interesting place you've ever lived in? Uh, meaning, well, you could talk about the geographical area, but I'm t- saying space. The most interesting space that you've ever lived in and why was it the most interesting or intriguing or different? The space. Uh, meaning location or apartment? Like a like environment. You can take it any way you want. I I meant environment. Okay. What's the most interesting environment that you've ever lived in or worked in? I mean, I don't know how many you've lived in, but uh. yeah, yeah. No, I, I've I've been three different apartments uh, in in New York City. I'd, I'd say that the most interesting uh, must have been my 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 first uh apartment in new york on on seventh avenue extremely old pre-war building and uh it was uh in in disrepair beyond belief uh and and being in the the water leak detection space i I think back on it and i actually remember many times water coming through the ceiling so uh, i think i think that's quite 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 common in in new york but um that uh, that must have been one of them. I've definitely, definitely experienced that in some harsh ways. So it's, I get that. Um, what is it that you remember in growing up in the plumbing business? And it was HVAC also, or just plumbing? HVAC and plumbing. Okay, so right. growing up in both, um, what's a, a particularly poignant, happy memory as? a younger person uh, that you had working with family in that business. Does anything come to mind? Yeah. Going, going into the office uh, as, as a, as a young, young kid and uh, just hanging out in that office environment um, and meeting people that my, my family worked with uh, that are a lot of them still there for, for a couple of decades uh, in HVAC and plumbing, it's 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 common, really, in the construction industry uh, as a whole. Uh, general contractors, uh, 
plumbers, even even real estate owners. Uh, some of the largest real estate uh, property owners in New York City are family-owned businesses. So it's 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 quite common uh, to have that um, that that family-oriented uh, value uh, throughout throughout the company. And just moving away from the family business for a second. You know, we we talked a lot today about connected devices, Internet of Things. You even you know one of the first few people to ask us a question during a during a, the conversations. What are the connected devices you have in your home? In my home, I don't. I have. I don't even have any actually. <laughs> so not not even Alexa, no Google Home. I don't. I don't have an Alexa. The 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 voice. Um, the voice activation, I think, is going to be huge. It's to Mark's point earlier. Just asking it the weather uh, is there's not there's not much else I think right now that uh, or I'll I'll, I'll back up. Um, I think voice activation is going to be huge, and and it's going to be in every uh, apartment unit uh, right now. It it's somewhat limited in what it can do. I love to listen to music. I have a, a Sonos. Uh, I don't know if that's necessarily an IoT. It's, uh, um, I mean, it is connected in, in a way. I, I guess it is. It is through through Wi-Fi. So that's my would be my maybe my one connected device in my in my apartment. So uh, what are the things you mentioned? Music. What are other ways you spend your leisure time? And maybe what's your what's your um, something that you do that might surprise most people that know you that don't know you do this yeah i i'm a big skier uh it's it's very fitting for the for the snowstorm i i, I wish i was up north right now uh but um love love to ski uh love to golf in in the warmer months um those are my my two activities i wish i could do them do them more um and i'm sorry what was the other question mark well that was uh well, I guess you kind of answered it, but is there something that you do, a hobby that you have, an interest that you have, um, something you spend time doing that um, most people might be surprised? I just, you know, I recently took up uh, meditation. Not too many people uh, that I'm close with. Uh, that's not true. So there's, there's, a, there's a handful. But uh, one of my good... Uh, Buddies from college, his his wife, who also went to college with us, started her uh, own practice, um, Vedic meditation, uh-huh. and uh, I uh, had a one on one session with her, talked to her about it. Uh, really wanted to learn more and go into what that was all about. So I uh, I went through 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 the the training uh, courses and and fell in love with it, and I I. Try to practice twice a day now. What what difference have you found that's made in your life? It's uh, there's there's a, a calmness. There's uh, less uh, reaction, more of more of a responding, and finding that gap in between uh, situations or conversations uh, before you just spit something out that that you can sit back and 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 think um and really put together a thoughtful uh response and and what motivated you to go pursue that 
actually probably some podcasts that I, that I like to listen to. Uh, Tim, Tim Ferriss podcast. Uh, it's, um, one of my, one of my favorites It's sometimes mentioned on there. Uh, so I, I was curious about it and especially with my friend and, and, and his wife, uh, I was in tune with what she had to go through to, to, to train, to become an instructor. Uh, so learning and talking with them, uh, also got me even more curious and, and, uh, diving into it. Ryan, you might enjoy a, a show, and you may want to share it with your your friend's wife, you said? Yes. Um, but you might enjoy it as well. That's a show that we do on Mouth Media Network called All Possibilities. Okay. And it, it really uh, touches quite often on those things. Cool. Um, you might get a lot out of it, actually. Sure. All right, I'll check it out. Awesome. 10% Happier, too. Dan Harris, you ever listened to that one? I haven't. I have not yet. I've, I've a couple people one. have recommended that one, but I, a haven't, really good one. I haven't gotten to it yet. He's the uh, he's an ABC news anchor. He had like a he had a panic attack. In oh, that early, guy! Yeah, yeah I early two thousands on live air a couple of times. Yeah, and uh, that's what he's just like. What's going on? Yeah, and, and that's what drew him to find his way to, to meditation. Yeah. Great. Yeah, we'll so. have to we'll have to look into that because I mean I've I've read a lot about it and I haven't pursued it yet. And yeah, maybe it'll uh-huh. be that extra. Extra zen I'm looking for. Yeah. All right. Uh, but no, this is this has been a great conversation. And at the end of all of our conversations, we like to, to give our guests an opportunity to you know, leave us with a, a last thought um, to share with the listeners. Uh, uh, what would you like to, uh, to share with us? Yeah. I'd like to share the opportunity that I think is in IoT and, and connected devices and, and this, this whole ecosystem that's that's growing. Uh, if you want to get involved in either uh, on the installer side, on the networking side, uh, or even d- developing these these sensors, there uh, there are a lot of companies that are looking for talent, and it takes an effort uh, from everybody. There's not there's not one company that's gonna make make this. Internet of Things explode. Um, so uh, definitely encouraged to, to to look for those opportunities. Uh, fantastic. And for people in the industry that want to connect with you, whether they're owners, landlords, brand partners, uh, how can folks reach out to to you and the and the company? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can email me directly. Uh, it's Ryan uh, at lowtick dot com. It's L O T I K. And uh, yeah, shoot me a message. What, do you know the genesis of the name of the company, by the way? Lotic, uh, the genesis of, of Lotic, it looks like it's of, of Scandinavian origin because we put like this line over the O. It's really, uh, that's a pipe. Uh, so that was one of the questions I asked in my, my, uh, my interview with, with Shane. Uh, but Lotic with a C at the end is, actually means of having to do with water. So it was taking Lotic, L-O-T-I-C, and just changing the the C to the K. Cool. I like that. Yeah. I'm glad I, I like that too. Uh, and uh, you know, thanks for joining us today, Mark. Thanks for uh, for sitting in for Scott. And uh, you know, thanks to everyone for listening and for Mark. Have a great day, everybody. Uh, and I'm Tom, and real estate is your business. 
You've been listening to Real Estate Is Your Business. To suggest guests or content for this show or to become a sponsor, email us at realestatebizshow at mouthmedianetwork.com. Keep up with the show on social media at Real Estate Biz Show. That's Real Estate B-I-Z Show. Episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, along with our website, realestateisyourbusiness.com. Produced by Mouth Media Network and brought to you by Preview. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved. No portion of the episode may be distributed or published without the express written permission of the producers. Thanks for listening. This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle.